0: Questions! Whoop, whoop, whoop. This is Anna Valenzuela, and I'm so excited to be here today. You can't see it because it's not styled, but Mama got a haircut—just a little bit of one to keep uh, to keep it from uh, breaking off into my mouth every time I uh, try to eat. Uh, I'm here <laughs> with my co-host, uh, Mr. Dave Yates.
1: Ah, good to see y'all. Greetings and salutations. Your hair looks healthy.
0: Thank you. That's really all I'm going for. You would not believe it. I'm not vain in a lot of ways, but I think about my hair too much. Uh, (laughs) Dave, do you mind uh, reading us our beautiful clarity statement before we get into this and introduce our fabulous guests?
1: Sure can. Um, Welcome to 12 Questions Podcast. This is a podcast where we believe growth and recovery isn't just for clean and sober people. Our mission is to share our experiences and growth by also interviewing guests who do the same. We're not affiliated with AA, NA, or any other 12 step organization. 12 Questions Pod has absolutely no opinion on the use of alcohol or drugs by anyone. We're simply two people that happen to be in recovery that want to interview people about their own life experiences. Although some of our guests may be clean and sober, some of them are not or choose not to divulge. The purpose of the podcast is to learn more about ourselves. We only really hope you can learn something about yourself and others by listening.
0: Yay! That's the whole point. Ooh, look at all that sweat and water. Hello. Hi, everybody. That haircut was outside. Guys, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we always allow our guests to introduce themselves in case they want to be like super anonymous You go by Batman or whatever. Who are we speaking with today?
2: My name is Andy Farnsworth, and I'm a comic. I have a podcast It's called Wandering the Isles. I go to the grocery store with people, and I and painting houses right now during the pandemic. So not in the, not in the gangster sense, in the, in the trades, tradesman sense.
0: Uh, so, are you doing indoor or outdoor painting?
2: A little bit of both. Today is outside and I'm in Salt Lake City, Utah right now. So it's pretty, it's like, it says 94 degrees right now. So.
0: Well, we'll get into these questions. So you don't get heat stroke and die in that car. Well, we're really excited to have you here today. I know Dave and you have been friends for a real long time.
2: Yeah, a minute. It feels
1: like a while. Yeah. (laughs) They go faster. Yeah, quarantine friendships uh, seem like, it's like dog years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Seven years of real friendship. (laughs) Right. I
2: mean, you go right in. If you know each other from, you know, the recovery to it's quicker, you know. Yeah,
1: so, yeah, and comedy. It's like, especially when everybody knows uh, the same people, and you've been doing comedy. How many years have you been doing the comedy? I started in two thousand four,
2: quit immediately, uh, and then started for real in twenty ten. Wow. Yeah, right. Right before I got sober, I started. Why would so you a quit? Decade? I quit because. I was terrible at it and I wasn't prepared for it being something totally different than being funny in real life. Like I didn't, Mm. and I had just brutal stage fright, like debilitate, like, I mean, I would just lock up and uh, I couldn't get drunk enough to get past it. And then if I did, I couldn't remember any of the premises I didn't have. I, I had nothing. <laughs> I, I had. No, I just remember dry. I was. I started and I started with Hannibal actually around the same time as him, and uh, I think TJ Miller was around, and they were just great, and um, they were so good, and I just sucked, and uh, it hurt. It hurt, but it's a gift of sobriety to have started. It's weird. Like I've learned to do it without, without alcohol, so.
1: I wish That's more comics who start would quit immediately. Right. <laughs> because then yeah. if you really care about it, you'll come back and you'll be hilarious yeah. like uh, Andy Farnsworth. See? comics Thanks, listening. Yeah. And then if you're good like Andy, <laughs> you'll come back.
0: I didn't you know, qu- quit so much as I got pneumonia.
1: <laughs> and Really?
0: Yeah. And somebody from the open mic texted me and they were like, hey, you're actually kind of funny. Uh, when you get better, are you coming back? So then I felt
1: obligated. <laughs>
2: yeah that's well that's nice when someone reaches out that probably changed your entire life that person
1: he did i also wish did. all yeah. new comics would get pneumonia
0: <laughs> <laughs> well they do because of that open mic that open yeah. mic loop. i love that covid came out and so many la comics were like you motherfuckers have already got me sick enough you ain't gonna kill me this year <laughs> so yeah
2: <laughs> yeah man but uh i mean I it's weird i I don't miss it, but I feel like something's missing, if that makes sense. So that's kind of where I'm at right now with it. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it sounds like your life is very full. And with everything going on right now, how are you experiencing surrender?
2: Man, I was looking at these questions, uh, not to break the the veil of the the show, that I got them early. And they're kind of unhomeworkable. I was yeah. like, I've, I've been thinking about them and I'm actually, I was thanking Dave actually. So this is the, I saw this, you know, this was on the f- first one and I was saying, thank you to Dave. Cause like, I feel like these questions are a service in and of themselves because I just, there it's helped me recontextualize, you know, a lot of this stuff. And, uh, I, I'm honestly baffled how I experience surrender. I would say I do it once a month whether I need to or not (laughs)
0: like your period.
2: (laughs) I mean, I mean really and there's so much just voodoo and like magic that has to go into it actually happening. I don't feel like it's something I can will. Like I hear people say, just let go, let it go. I'm like, I, I can't, I help. Like I can't, I can't just will. (laughs) There has to be a lot of pain and, uh, I do whatever my version of prayer is, and it happens eventually. Without, uh, but I certainly can't will it. And uh, how I experience it is, um, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But I know it. I know it when it's happening. I can feel it. You know. Yeah. So, and it's just that's just like the whole. It's a weird thing, isn't it? Because it's a it's an act of will on some level. You have you do have to let go of something, but it's also uh, receiving too. Uh, you have to receive something, I think, to surrender. So yeah, that's a gift. I feel like people must think like it's cr- like people in recovery. We have this shorthand, and uh, it, like they must think we're just like so high maintenance emotionally, but we are, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. well, yeah it's uh i mean i think that's part of the battle is just be having to maintain more than the average person you know i right. mean everybody has the same issues but like having to maintain it without the ease and comfort that comes from you know just zapping it out with chemicals yeah. like right. i i tell people it's a privilege to be able to drink and smoke weed and do acid uh like a gentleman you know yeah, uh, that's a that's a that's a goddamn privilege. I don't miss it. 90% of the time. So it, it is a privilege to be able to just zap those old fucking emotions out for even the smallest amount of time.
2: Yeah, <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, but I could we could spend an hour and a half on that on that one.
1: What uh, <laughs> what has been your most insane moment either before recovery or in recovery?
2: Man, I was just listening to your podcast with Matt actually and I was listening to him his answer to that and I was thinking about yeah, there's the there's the way we use it which is you know insanity in terms of the the psychosis of of doing the same shit over and over, but there's also like wow, that happened, that was insane. Like I have a lot of those moments where they're just synchronous kind of um just coincidences you know random things that happen that are insane uh on some level but i mean there's shit i've done that's stone cold sober that's fucking insane um okay like what you can't tease uh, me like that uh, because i was thinking about this and it it popped into my head and i don't i don't want to say it but i Okay, so one of the things that's happened to me in sobriety is I've thawed out, man. Like, I used to be really numb. And I mean, now, you know, it's like I used to, in relationships, I would attach, I wouldn't attach at all to people. I would just be very disconnected um, emotionally. But now, you know, it's like I over-attach. That's kind of the, that's kind of, I've swung the other way. And I remember I was just obsessing um, about this girl. We had broken up. And I mean, this is this is one of the most embarrassing things I've, I've done. But I, I bought a pair of binoculars at the store, Fisher Price binoculars, because they didn't have real binoculars. I bought <laughs> Fisher Price binoculars and sat across the street at this bank, this Wells Fargo bank, and tried to see if she was with another guy. And I and I, you know, yeah, you're doing something crazy and you're like, Andy, what are you doing dude, this is nuts. <laughs> yeah. And I have the other voice that's like, Yeah, but we gotta find out. We gotta know. And then the other <laughs> voice is like, But dude, you don't need this information. I was like, Yeah, but yeah, I do, I do. And then the other voice is like, Yeah, but dude, Fisher Price, binoculars, you're not this is not a good moment. You're not for gonna you. see anything. <laughs> and then it's like why I have this terrible feeling in my chest and it's awful. And uh yeah, that's shit. I've done I've done crazy shit like that. Um
0: I think that's but, my favorite uh, answer to that question ever. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, <laughs>
2: there there you go
1: ladies if you're listening. <laughs> get, get ready. He's not he's not going to fork over for the good binoculars. He's going to get the kid binoculars. I would have
2: I would have dropped a few hundred dollars, but I mean the Smith's grocery store here in so like was not stocked up with a high level night binoculars.
1: <laughs> well, <hey. laughs> You know what? That could that could be the the universe telling you you weren't supposed to see some shit. Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> oh, my God.
1: So so whether you're insane or not, how do you make decisions?
2: Man, they're they're easier. I think I make them quicker now. Um, you know, they'd say trust your gut. Like that's kind of a colloquial thing people just say. And I that's not that doesn't work. Like my gut has been wrong, like way wrong. And, uh, and so I, you know, I, you and I was listening to something you said, you said you had heard in a meeting about how God is uh, not urgent or something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Was Urgence, that something you said? Urge, urgency is not of God. Somebody told me yeah. that last week and it melted my brain.
2: <laughs> it's really good. I mean, and I do think though, whatever God is, is persistent though. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a persistence to, like, a, maybe a feeling that's, like, kind of a nudge from the universe or whatever, and that that will maybe help me uh, talk it through with another person. Um, and then I don't like what they said, so I call another enabling person to sign off on what I want to <laughs> do. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, if you pick I, up the I, phone I, enough times, you'll get the answer you want eventually.
2: Exactly. I even did that with a therapist once. I had two. I had two therapists because the one I could tell wanted me out of this relationship. I didn't want out, and they had another guy who was like telling me to fly to New York and go tell her you love her. And uh, and yeah, so I, did, I was like, ba- I was paying for two therapists to get two. Se- I was like, well, maybe I'll get two separate uh, worldviews. Worldviews here, but um, yeah. So I don't know. But it happens. It's intuitive. They're easier than they were. I, You know, I think I, I used to hoard information to try to, like, I'm going to collect all this data and then make a decision. But I think now it's like, well, here's what I know. My heart's in the right place, I hope. And here I go. I, I just have to – I got to tell you guys up front, I have to apologize because I have trouble making eye contact okay. in these. Like, I have to look away because it – I, I'm, like, on the spectrum or something.
1: I just thought you were staring at my titties. I can't. Do you have
2: Zoom I, I, autism? I think there's a thing. I, I really <laughs> can't. I can't handle it. Like So, anyway. I, I'm i, I so know. vain
1: that I just look at my own self while I'm talking. I know.
2: I, don't <laughs> I, I I know. I'm very present with myself right now. And you guys are <laughs> – it's nice to have you with me while I talk That's to myself.
1: That's okay. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Let's. Uh, well, aside from uh, uh, learning that you don't like to look at people in the Zooms, uh, what is the most surprising thing you've learned about yourself so far?
2: Oh, man. Um, I think that I've learned what a, you know, I think I was maybe subconsciously afraid to get sober because I knew there was a really, really, really sensitive dude under there. And uh, I have learned, you know, that. And uh, I have learned that I'm a f- survivor, man. I've survived some shit. And I'm pretty uh, in awe of the, of the kid, you know, that made it through that stuff. And, and even me in sobriety, like, I'm surprised by my tenacity,
1: you yeah, know, yeah. really.
2: I'm not someone who sticks with things, you know, I historically, I figure it out and then I quit, you know, that's, and that's what the great thing about stand up is the great thing about sobriety. You can't, there's no figuring them out. So.
0: I get it. That's, I found that I was much more sensitive than I thought I was. Here's, here's the thing that'll scare you. I found out I was much more sensitive than I thought I was and I got comfortable with that. And then I found out I had to get comfortable with being even more sensitive. And that's Mm -hmm. where I'm at right now. It's this process of, my sponsor and my therapist was asking me, well, what do you feel about that? And I'm like, well, I told you the consequence. And they said, yeah, but what's the feeling? And I'm like, um, <laughs> uh, I've reported the facts. I don't understand why there needs to yeah. be feeling associated with it. And they're like, yeah, Anna, you got to feel it. And I'm like, Oh, so i'm in like the process of doing that and it's gnarly but it's fun yeah it's fun i think there's a much funnier more interesting person on the other side of that that's always been yeah. that experience that's great i love that you peeled back that later layer and a little squishy marshmallow man came out
2: <laughs> oh my god and i'm happy you know like i'm more joyful i remember at one point i was i mean i'm out in utah right now but i'm i'm not li- i live in denver now but anyway um I, I had hurt myself skiing. I cut my lip, and I remember smiling. I was smiling so much that it hurt, you know, because my lip would keep opening up. I was like, oh, that's a problem. I, I smile so much now that I it hurts, you know? Wow. And so that was interesting. interesting. And I think I, I'm i surprised, like, I finally... You know that thing with comics is I think a lot of comics... It's almost like a phase you pass through where you won't... You don't want to let other comics make you like it's a power thing and yeah now i'm now i'm like i love it when people dave makes me laugh all the time uh
1: i like to just let because i'm very very funny i'm so funny dave is incredibly
0: funny he's incredibly modest incredibly funny and modest
2: right Yeah. yeah yeah so i mean that's a thing i mean i've learned that it's a constant it's a constant discovery you know for sure and you know what i've learned a lot about my past that I thought uh, I didn't, you know, that I didn't know, um, stuff I wasn't ready for, you know, shit like that. But um, yeah, wow. I used to be, I used to be really clean. Everything was at ninety degree angles all the time. You know, when I was drinking, like things were clean. I would clean and drink, and like now, I just throw shit. I'm one of those guys that would apologize if you got in my car. Like, I'm sorry, this is a mess. You know, there's c- cans and I've never was that guy. And I didn't like that guy. I'd be like, who are you? You're an animal. Clean your car. But now I'm like, okay with it a little bit. I'll clean it eventually. You're oh, like gosh.
0: that episode of the John Larroquette show where Bobcat Goldwave comes on <laughs> and he sits him down and he says, he says, listen, man, you're kind of a mess and I think that there's a program that can help you. And he goes, yeah i've got seven years <laughs> and, <laughs> and they're blown away by the uh <laughs> by the fact that like him getting sober helped let his inner chaos out as opposed yeah. to like yeah the idea that like we all become perfect i i love yeah. i will always remember that episode i saw it when i was like a kid i will always remember hmm. that episode
2: yeah what a reference the john larrake show i remember watching night court Oh, and yes. being a little fascinated by it, I remember being like, "It's all at night. I mean, it's like the middle of the day. I, this is depressing a little bit."
0: Yeah. <laughs> there know? should be a rule: you can only watch Night Court at night. Otherwise, it's weird. Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> court at night. I mean, like that must have been a tough pitch. I. I it's yeah.
1: It's wild. So take everything you know about court and flip oh. it on its head. It's at night. And, you know
2: at night when you're feeling like really lonely and uh, like it, it's like the justice system at night, you know, everything you're terrified of when you're alone by yourself, and uh, there's some kooky characters. But, was Marsha
1: uh, Warfield in night court?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think she was. yeah.
1: yeah, that was her big break, I think. I believe so. she's still she's yeah. still doing shows, uh, really. Uh, funny comic yeah she i think she lives in vegas she's always doing shows in vegas yeah like i I have a a lot of buddies in vegas that open for her when she pops in and out of places but yeah she's still she's still doing stand-up so don't know how much night court material but
2: that that's such a what's anna that reference is so funny because i do you remember that period when you were a kid and you're you know if you're funny you're paying attention to funny people but you didn't know you were paying attention like you're just like that person's kind of funny, but kind yeah. of like sad. As a kid, you're like, I can't relate yeah. to that. And now as an adult, you still can't a little bit. Well, like, I
0: person. I grew up on my parents were big into cheers because my dad yeah, yeah the yeah. program and it was the best show on TV for um teen million years. Oh yeah. And so uh we would all watch it as a family and I was, I, I hate to say this, I was like a sad kid. I was kind of like a, I recognized really early on that my childhood was not ideal. <laughs> I was like, yeah oh. <laughs> ruh roh. So I actually huh. really connected to more adult-themed television shows because on, like, certain shows, now Family Matters was incredibly subversive if you go back and watch it, it's wild. But on a lot of, like, uh, television shows that were geared toward kids that were primetime, it was more. Um, it there wasn't a lot of wrestling with those those more complex sad feelings. So I never really related to the kids. I was sort of like a like a weird adult, yeah. just like life is sad. Um, but uh, let's 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 go ahead and watch Sam Malone relapse. Like that was very right. like <laughs> was very much my experience. Yeah. But, uh, with everything that you've learned about yourself so far, um, how do you like? how do you deal with anxiety? Like what's your experience of anxiety?
2: Uh, it's like, I've been jerking off for five hours. And I'm like, what's going on, Andy? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, no! it, I, usually that, I usually realize it. I usually realize it in retrospect, like, oh dude, there's something like you're eating, you're binge eating or, you know, or, or whatever. It, I, I don't always realize that what's happening is anxiety. I rarely in the moment catch it. Um, but I experienced, like, it's very, it's in my body, you know. It's in, it's in very much in my body. I'm, I'm like, getting a little bit better at kind of catching it. Um, I did EMDR a few, like, last year for, like, six months really intensely. It really helped with that. What is that again? Eye movement desensitization reprogramming. I mean, it's some pretty uh, clockwork orange shit, but it, it totally changed my life. I mean... But I wouldn't wish it on my worst i wasn't ready for it i mean i i was ready i needed it i was just hurting and i and uh it was totally it was super helpful for me so it was more like you know therapy is talking you know it's usually neck up and and that was such a it's just so dealt with the bodily sensations of things of of trauma or or anxiety or which i think for me is often just like a echo of just p t s d something like a lot of it is just that buzz, you know, Mm -hmm. it's going all the time. Uh, But I don't know. Did I answer that? I don't know if these, there's no answers to these questions. You
0: answered it yesterday. Yesterday I had to contact my my sponsor and be like, I'm in anxiety. She's like, what are you thinking? I was like, I don't know. And she's like, well, why don't you investigate and get back to me? And I was like,
2: okay. I get some paranoia is one that is right next to it. And I, that's been painful to realize in sobriety that I am I am paranoid in a lot of ways. That's
1: yeah. horrifying yeah.
2: and embarrassing.
1: But I mean, it's normal. I drink so much cold brew sometimes that I can't tell if it's the cold brew or actual anxiety, yeah, right? Like, I, and I let's drink a, more. I check them. Yeah, I check a mason jar every morning full of cold brew. And then I get ready with for my day and I'm like, ah, oh, what am I ah, well, so much anxiety? I'm like, no, wait a minute. That's just the chemical. Uh, you yeah, know? I mean, I, I, I can be anxious over certain things, but I guess if you're always anxious, you can't experience anxiety. Right. <laughs> you know, what? something one of the most helpful
2: things someone said to me. Well, in theory, it helped me with my stage fright. I had a sponsor who was a doctor. Whose initials were Bill W, incidentally. Nice. Hilarious. And he said to me, you know, I was, we were, he would talk to me, He was very encouraging. My stand up still is. And he would say, um, you know, you could also choose to think of it as excitement. It's like going on a roller coaster or whatever. Kind of
1: helps. <laughs> but it, I always tell that to people when they're like, do you get nervous before you go on stage? And like, no, I get excited. Yeah. I mean, I I guess that's some type of nerves, but I'm more excited than anxious. Like, there's very few times where I've been anxious to be on stage, and one of those was the first set I ever did sober. I was definitely full of anxiety because I didn't know if I was going to be funny or not. Yeah. Uh, I'd say 98% of the time, it's just excitement.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, in the book, they talk, you know, it's excitement. They I think they used it in that sense, in terms of anxiety. I think that's kind of what they meant. Um, I think I, when I think it tips so. into
0: anxiety, that's when it goes to fear. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And it's it's weird, to because we get we get used to this life without fear. It's weird to, like, get honest with yourself when it's there. What's your level of, like, honesty with yourself and others?
2: I mean. You tell me. I mean I it's that's the thing is like there's a writer who I would say anyone who's listening to this, I if you don't know who David White is, I highly recommend him. He's one of my favorite writers and he it's just this book that he has called Constellations and it's just a bunch of short little meditations on, on words. I don't know if he he seems like he has some kind of recovery or something. I don't know, but his his whole argument about honesty is that it's you, you never Honesty is really admitting that you're not and that you're trying. I mean, I have huge blind spots. And I love that's one thing I love about the program is you have a room full of people who have are amazing bullshitters and who have incredible radar for it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, you can hear yourself. I don't know. I, I, I go to meetings and I hear myself. I have this other voice going, all right, Andy, you're saying that, but that's not quite it. That's not quite it. That's not quite it. You know what I mean? Like you're dancing. I have this other voice saying that to me. And it's helpful because, you know, you can hear when other people are connected to their words, you know, mm-hmm. like that. We're so like just good at telling if other people are being honest. I think we're pretty, pretty good at that. And uh, yeah. and uh, and then when I am, I'm like, oh, wow, that's me right there. That was me. That's that's what I feel. So, yeah, that's beautiful. I feel like the, I end these questions with.
1: So, yeah, that's. That's, You're doing great. You're doing great. It's right.
2: fantastic.
0: No, and the thing it. is
1: too. Like I also think too. Depending on how how desperate I am to not hurt anymore, is directly proportional to how honest I'm going to be with myself and others. Like when I'm in immense pain, I have no choice but to be extremely honest yeah you know yeah and that's just that's just with my emotions but like on a person-to-person level like I still sometimes have to fight the urge where if someone asked me if I've heard of a like when you just said like have you heard of David White and I haven't but my initial like defect inside <laughs> of me is yeah. to be like I think yes. I've heard of that guy sounds familiar. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's which it, in, in sobriety for me, that's as close to honesty as I can get with things like that. Because before I got sober, I would tell you, I've heard of it, but can you remind or like, Oh yeah, totally. And then to just let you say the things about it and be like, <laughs> yeah, that those books <laughs> with the small writings killer. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, the uh, that comes
2: from early on, I think, when I was a kid. Like, I wasn't allowed to watch our movies, and kids would be talking about our you know, whatever. Yeah, and I'd, I'd have to fake it to be like, yeah, 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 I've seen that. And then you'd have the one kid who made up a scene to see if you were lying, and he'd be like, that never happened. Yeah. You had a kid say, do that? What an evil. Oh yeah. Oh, I know, <laughs> totally, totally. But also as an adult, I don't want to be like. I, I feel like if I say no, I've never heard of them they're going to leave me and be like, well, fuck it. Like, it's over. You don't know. We can't, we can't talk anymore. There's a huge chasm between us. I don't
1: don't know why, but I just thought of that scene in 40 year old virgin where he's (laughs) describing the boobs. He's like, you know, when you grab a boob and it just feels like sand. Sand. (laughs) They're like sand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, honestly, uh, again, um, it's a process and uh, the level, I don't know, I think you either are or you aren't, and prob- or probably, but there's also that aspect of like, we, we have, we see darkly, you know, we only have so much information and there's harm I've caused knowingly or unknowingly. Yeah. It doesn't mean I was dishonest, but I, I've, Yeah, it's a gift. When I'm honest, it honestly is a gift. Like it's not, again, it's not something I can, well, if someone says, be honest with me, I, I you know, I lock up.
0: Yeah. What's one thing you're still working on in yourself?
2: One. Where?
1: Whatever oh, like what it is defe- right like What defects a character have you worked yeah. on? Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And by the way, I love to double back to what you just said. There's something you said that I really love that you can cause harm without awareness. It is yeah. the swan song of i and I don't want to gender it. I don't want to gender it. But oftentimes, men in recovery, for which I have dated many, because um, I've been around for a minute.
1: Uh, who's the real problem dating all these men in recovery? That's the. I nice know thing. that
0: is the so real. Well, even even though what I have fi- now, You
1: keep fishing in the trash pond. Listen,
0: You're... I thought I had a normie this time. He ended up going to Alanon. Now I got another goddamn newcomer in my life. I'm just saying. I.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's the story of my life. Uh. Like my first date is a twelve step call. Yes. And then No, serious I always say like the thirteenth step is sleeping with someone in the rooms and the fourteenth is going to Al Anon because of it.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. So yeah, there's uh it's a it's a thing I've heard a lot. Um I didn't intend to cause harm.
2: Yeah, well I got that from a Buddhist there's like a Buddhist prayer about right, there's uh Something about remove me, remove from me the harm I have caused knowingly or unknowingly. I think I got it from a a Buddha. It's like a prayer. I like it. But yeah, I have caused a lot. I mean, in my, when I was making amends, one of the big ones was with my sister. And uh, I was like doing the rounds and I was so, I was so callous and I was like, you know, I, I can't think of what I did uh, I, I'm like, I'm making my amends in the program. And you know, I, 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 I didn't steal from you. I, this is what I said. Yeah. And, uh, so I was trying to do that thing where I like, you tell me how I harmed you. And she's like, are you kidding me right now? She's like, we uh-huh. thought you were dead several to- We thought you were dead and like that. And it didn't even occur to me that that's a cruel thing to do. To people who love you to have that worry that someone's so self-destructive and so suicidal um, in their behavior that that is brutal mm-hmm. brutal to do to people I just didn't care if people love me and fuck them you know yeah it was not and and I would say that was unknowing and but it was harm real harm
0: what what's your experience of forgiveness
2: uh being forgiven
0: yeah or both
2: yeah yeah oh man um (laughs) i I would draw a blank on this one because i don't it's slow actually here's the thing here's what i do i forgive people immediately i'm like you know it's fine don't worry about it that's no problem and then i fester and then a year later you know yeah it's like you (laughs) but i'm getting a little bit better at just directly saying something hurt me or angered me and then hopefully catch it in the moment i I try to have i try to do like you know my try to keep my behavior below the amends level i heard someone say that but um forgiveness is like i have to be open uh just it's just that like flexible on a day-to-day basis other than the big things you know that you know, you do, you do it when you're drinking that are like the major harms you've caused, but just the day to day kind of forgive. There's like micro forgiveness, you know, constantly uh-huh. um, like I I'm, I have a resentment for Dave like looking away from the camera right now. I'm like, am I not interesting right now? And I forgive you. Dave. No,
1: it's just uh, uh, <laughs> it's it's literally 88 degrees in my room. And so sometimes I have to like look and see what the temperature is just to remind myself I'm not fucking getting sick. But uh,
0: you got that Midwest, you, mid- you, you got mid- you. yeah, that Midwestern <laughs> cheese blood, man. It doesn't do well in the heat. California, girl hey, over I'm, here.
1: I'm, I'm, I weigh, I literally weigh as much as I weighed when I was a fucking junkie fuck. Right now, I'm, I'm not. I'm like, I'm not saying I'm, you're fat, man. Are you calling I'm just, me fat? I'm not calling fat? you
0: fat. I'm calling you. I'm calling um, you thick-blooded. That's what I'm calling oh, you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thick- uh, yeah. Oh, my my thick like marinara blood. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm my, so, my thick pierogi Polish blood. I'm just
0: saying, yeah. people people from the Midwest and the East Coast, y'all hot right now. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah.
2: With our flyover bodies. <laughs> I just over a bunch of cheese. It's fucking unbelievable. Like I was in a meeting one time in New York with some people. No, it was in Boston. And I remember it was a I worked for NPR for a minute and uh they were uh like talking about the Midwest like people were standing there in pitchfor like with pitchfork like the American Gothic picture. And I'm like, this is not fair. Like if you talked about someone from another country like this, like you would be the most provincial, yeah, backwards idiot. But you're talking about Midwesterners like they don't fucking grow all your food, jackass. Yeah, like I <laughs> have a resentment against that.
0: We have a microcosm here in California because I grew up in like an agricultural area. California is also yeah, an upright basket for the United States as well. Oh and,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: And um, we we sort of like. Uh, our our version of that is oh you're gonna get rid of immigrants who's gonna pick all your avocados Becky
2: yeah oh I know
0: but um, but at the same time it's a uh, I'm just climatized for a dry heat like I'm like the or even <laughs> yeah. a wet heat I'm like it if it's hot I'm happy if it's cold I was in St Louis Missouri in the winter and I got out of that car co- I got out of my my little Airbnb to go to a show and I went like this ah! like that was my response. <laughs> too cold. I was like, ah! <laughs> and I was wearing long <laughs> underwear, gloves. I was dressed like I was going to Alaska. I've been to Alaska, same response. I don't do cold. So I love, I love every once in a while being like, oh, you fly over people are hot right now? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, gonna go, oh, I'm yeah. gonna go, I'm gonna go regulate my body temperature. Because
1: <laughs> yeah, you got that thin tequila blood. I Damn. do. <laughs> you <had> to- got <laughs>
0: I do. Uh, We digress. Uh, What's like the weirdest apology or amends you've ever had to give or that you've received?
2: Oh my God.
1: Weirdest? Do you mean... Weirdest or most surprising? An apology or an amends that stands out?
2: Well, my my biggest one was with my dad and it was what was really... um, strange about that one is that I was working on it. I was doing my four step with my sponsor and I mean it was really like that one was big. I mean I drank at my dad a lot you know and uh, who I have since like just my understanding of my parents has shifted so much in sobriety. I care about them so much I see them as real people so much more you know. But I mean it was a big one and I was working on it, and he just called me, and this is not something my dad does, like, at all. We don't hang out. Like, he called me. I was in Utah. I got sober in Salt Lake, and he said, I didn't come out to see you. It was like he just drove out here, and then we... And I did the worst amends you could possibly do. I mean, I started to be humble, and then I was like, here's what I think about everything, you know? And I did it wrong, uh... I was doing a bit and I, I mean I don't know if you're prepared for this but trigger alert. I I I was doing like molestation material for like my first 5 years of of comedy. Like I was yelling at the audience essentially about being raped as a kid. I was really disconnected from it. And I had and I had um published a bit of my stand up. I just transcribed it and it got published in this journal and I wanted to, my dad to be proud of it and I I had him read it. And, uh, you know, it was like I wanted him to be proud of this publication I had, which was about, you know, sexual abuse that happened, you know, with someone down the road from me when I was growing up. But I, it was just like that was all part of it. You know what? And the events was just like they all are. It's like mo- mostly opening up conversation again. Like, it's almost rarely about the event, but it's sort of opening up the conversation again. And I will, like, I will say, like, when I have, I have experienced them in sobriety, people make, making amends with me. And it's, like, release. Like, I feel free, like, someone released me from something, you know. And, like, that, um, that is, a, it's a huge gift to give to somebody. Yeah. So, so Yeah with the weird i mean the strangest one jesus i mean that i i'll think of it later i mean they're all a bit surreal have you ever, i don't know if you've ever done that one where you're like this usually you think it's going to be like mostly by and large i've had a conversation with someone and been like you know done the mens or whatever and it, it usually they're going to be like hey you know I, I also did this but i don't know if you've ever done the one where you just lay it all out you're like i did this i was wrong and they're like yeah. You were.
0: That was my ex. Wrong. Yeah, that was my ex. I was like, I did this and I did this and I did this. And he went, Yep. Yep. You were wrong. And and, like, and here's some additional information yeah. about yeah, what you more. did. <laughs> and I was like yeah. mm.
2: <laughs> And it's never what you think, you know? It's never it's never what yeah, you, you don't realize. So um Yeah. I
1: I had a girl one time making amends to me years after the fact. Uh, It was like the first person I was kind of like seeing in recovery. And then we decided I decided not to see her anymore because she was still going through her steps. Like we both had like a year and change, but like she hadn't completed the steps. And I had and then, you know, there was just there was just clearly a lot more stuff that she needed. You know to do, and I just you know I it was the most amicable split that I ever made. I was like, hey, like I think you're great. I just don't think, you know, we should see each other. Like I don't think it's good for for us right now. And then she proceeded to bring her new fuck buddy to my home group for like three months straight. Like every Monday, she brought this new fucking slam piece that she was riding to my home group every Monday at eight o'clock. And and my sponsor was like, I was like, ask. I was like, what? I got to get a, a new home He He's like, no, oh, you sit on the other side of the room. You don't got to be anywhere near them. And guess what? You're going to pray for her for two weeks every night. And I'm like, yeah, P-. so I did that. And by the time, like the second week rolled around, I wasn't even thinking about it. And she ended up disappearing from the meeting anyway. But she made an amends to me like a year or two down the road. And she was like, hey, I'm sorry I did that to you. I'm like, yeah, that sucked. <laughs> like, Interesting. Yeah.
0: Interesting. <laughs> Was that also? Can I ask you a question? Was that also her
1: home group? No. Oh, okay. So she was going out. No, of no, way. no. Oh, yeah, okay. no. She, yeah, yeah. She, like, because when we were seeing each other, she would come to my home group, and I was all right with that. And then after we stopped seeing each other, I w- I didn't care that she was coming, but she kept bringing her she kept bringing her new fuck buddy to the home group, and they would like hold hands during the meeting and like cuckoo and shit. I, I was living. I was like, oh, yeah. I left fuming. Like you, if you if you were in that meeting, you could probably see the steam coming out of my ears. While yeah. I stared at the desk during the meeting, just to fucking try to make it through the hour.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's
2: <laughs> that's something I think about. When, at one time, I remember sitting in a meeting and being like, "There's some people in here with like 20 years, 30 years," and I remember, and it's Salt Lake's a small community, pretty much, and thinking like they've all had those moments, like they've had so many resentments come and go with each other. Like just years of that. (laughs) Yeah, these people know each other really well.
0: I got clean uh, in a very in San Luis Obispo in a very small area as well, and it's like you hear the same five people say, ten people share their stories and qualify, and you're just like, going to talk about that again. Yeah, Yeah. and they're all dating each other, and it's it's wild. It's wild. Everyone's up each other's ass. But you find a way to stay, you find a way to stay connected. That's the crazy part.
2: Sure. Yeah. I, one of the most vulnerable things I think that I've, I've learned. I mean, like when I was in New York for a minute, I would go, I, I could go to different meetings and nobody could hear me say the same share. You know, I could do yeah. the circuit. But when you have a small community, I mean, the other side of that is you hear yourself saying the same shit. And it's, mm-hmm. especially if you're a comic, you hate it. I hate it. I, well, not just not just that, not that it's material, but it's also like, man, I'm stuck on the same fucking thing. Still, I'm still saying this, and like when my I, my brother was dying, and I as I was getting sober, and I would talk about it, and I hated I hated being the guy, dead brother guy, you know, but I need I needed to,
0: yeah, and I,
2: nobody knew how to react to it. There was a few, um, but I hated that. I wanted to go to different. Meetings, you know, yeah. but it's good. It's it's good, you know.
1: It was yeah. the same thing. Like I, I, hated being the dead dad guy, you know. Like I had to accept that that I needed to talk about it, and I think in a, in a meeting that we frequent, I, you know, I I would call myself a sad bitch because it took this yeah. thing. Off of it for me, like the little little self-deprecation. But even with yeah. that story I just told about the fuck buddy in the home group, I was like, have I told this story before? And if I have, will everybody hate that they have to hear it again? No. The
2: yeah, and like imagine, imagine the kind of person who's like, oh, Dave with his fucking dead dad bullshit again. Like, think. Think what kind of monster
1: that person would actually we're so You want to hear about a monster? I literally I mean, I, almost I literally almost fought an old man at, at a yeah. clubhouse on Pico because <laughs> I during remember the meeting, Yeah. During the meeting I was sharing where I was at and this is like fresh dead dad shit. Like this is like like within three months after him passing. And I'm crying and sharing. And like, I went a little bit over the three minutes, right? I went a little bit over because they had the timer and the chair goes, Hey, let's keep it to three minutes next time. I literally went over 15 seconds, maybe 20 <laughs> seconds. And this is not something I take lightly because doing comedy, I know exactly what fucking 15 seconds feels like. So I was going to go up to this guy that was chairing the meeting and just talk to him be like, Hey man, like I'm going through some stuff. Like if, if you want to talk to me about how long I share, can you at least just wait till after the meeting? But then this other old motherfucker cuts me off at the pass and, and tries, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm going to go talk to dude, you know, because I don't feel like he should have tried to shame me in front of everybody in the meeting for going over time. He's like, what are you going to do, fight him? I'm like, what? I'm like, Hey man. He's like, he's like, maybe if you didn't share every meeting, you, would you, 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 you may not have that problem. I'm like, excuse me? I'm like, who the fuck do you think you are? I'm like, who the fuck do you think you are that you're going to tell me what I can and can't share about or how often I share about it, especially if I'm sharing in the solution. And the, the, the manager of the club comes in and I'm just like, it, I had to make, I, I made an amends to the manager of the club. I still, I've not seen that guy since, but I, you know, I, do I owe him an amends? Probably because I just got fired up about it. But like, I was literally ready to drop kick an old man in the throat.
2: I mean that's a dick move. I mean, yeah, it's like, like of course uh,
1: it is.
0: I, I think I'm almost uh, glad that. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you you go ahead, Andy.
2: Oh, it's just like nothing makes people more uncomfortable than someone dealing with the horsepower of grief if they haven't gotten into theirs or or haven't experienced it. It's very, they people have trouble with it and you're just it's very alienating if you're in it because you can't articulate it it's so specific to the person that you lost but it's so universal and then uh if you do if you do open up about it you're vulnerable to that well this is god's plan kind of shit that you get from people yeah and uh mm. it's right um but i mean it's
1: I'm always yeah. grateful that that kind of stuff happens to me because I've got a few years under my belt and I know how to handle myself. I couldn't imagine what it would be like for someone like like less than a year in being told by some old bag of shit that they shouldn't share as often about someone in their life dying, you know?
2: It's God's plan that your house is going to be burning tonight at three in the
1: morning. You're like, yeah. I hope you like <laughs> dog shit on your doorstep.
2: Oh my God! There's we're getting like I always do this. I'm sorry. I go no, little, I love it. I love
0: it.
1: Go a little dark. I'll bring it around town. What does okay. your day to day spiritual practice look like, Andy Farnsworth? Because
0: yeah. I know you didn't share earlier. We skipped over it because you gave such a good answer, and I was like, we got to get to forgiveness. Like what you're working on. Like how? What's yeah. your day to day like right now?
2: Um, you know, I there's a I guess we say defects. I've always had trouble with that term because it's like if God, like, what's if what kind of higher power makes a bunch of broken shit? Like that doesn't make any sense. So I, I I do like that replacing it with defenses, and I have some that are with me that are very strong. You know, cut and run defense. You know, I'll do that with people with so they get, if they get close, punish with silence, things like that. Really try try to be present with that and not do it. But, um, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that the one that I, this is not a defect. Actually, this is just a thing that I've struggled with in sobriety that I, I, I've heard it talked about in one of the other programs I do, but I mean, it's, uh, you know, you can do all the recovery, all the therapy you want, but if you were someone who's deprived of touch as a kid, like if there wasn't a lot of that, and that's a big one to you, there's no, there's no way to deal with that one, like there, unless you're unless you're with somebody, and um, I know that's a strange one, but just kind of actually, there's a lot of grief for me around that. One. Like I, it's 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 fucking lonely, you know. I'm getting a cat, I'm getting a cat, but I mean, it's too small to. Sp- to spoon with, I guess we're like you.
0: That's not true. I had a little itty bitty cat for years in my <laughs> yeah. the first few years of my recovery, and um, she loved she loved to put her head on the pillow like a person. Yeah, spoon, and sometimes she'd sleep nose to nose, and sometimes she'd sleep like a little spoon, and it was yeah, it was very cute. You can I experienced I had a lot of um, abuse and neglect in my childhood, and when I was 16, somebody gave me a, gave me a hug and I flinched. And my,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. My, my, the person hugging me said, girl, who, who, who did this to you? And she just hugged me even tighter and Whoa. said, you got to receive this love. And I was yeah. like, oh. and um, it's still something that like, I thought I had, I thought I had it licked in my first therapy experience and now I'm coming back around and I got to go deeper on that. But yeah, it's true. It's like, um, I can pull up a little drawbridge around me, my heart and my body.
2: That was very, that, sorry. Yeah, that was, I, I that's very moving to me because I forgot about that that I learned how to hug people in meetings. I mean, there's still people where your alarm bells are going off, where you're like, oh, no, no, yeah. no, 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 don't, don't fucking hug me. Get yeah, please, away. please
0: don't hug me. You have shark eyes. Um, and i or I'm just
2: out. there's just a certain kind of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter what gender it is. They're just weird, bad touch huggers. But then, um, yeah, like receiving. Is it a defect to re- not be able to receive affection? I don't, I don't know. No, but that's I, what think I, re- I like re-
0: your word defense around it. And I like saying that I like, say, I like you saying that you're still working on it. You know, like how in your day to day, what's keeping you sane right now, as far as um, with that. And I mean, we're in a quarantine right now, so it's either like. Is it, are you experiencing more loneliness, less loneliness? Like, is, it, <laughs> yeah. is this like, is this like something you're built for?
2: <laughs> you know, what's really interesting is I've always been like a little bit of a dark horse isolator kind of person. And now at least the option was on the table. Now that the option is not there, now I'm really not liking it. Like, I always kind of liked being a little bit on the outs, but now, like, how do you, well, now everyone is lonely, I think, in a very just new kind of way. But how do you take solace in the fact that everyone is also lonely? Like there's no solace in the fact that everyone else is lonely. We're all going through our loneliness together. That's like, I'm going to have a stroke. That doesn't what
0: that that's my dirty little secret is there's a part of me that's like, Oh, people are experiencing anxiety and loneliness and depression get on my yeah. level now you're all on my yeah. level and there is a bit of Welcome. solace in that yeah there is a bit of solace in that where it's like yeah but to be of service in it and not be a dick about it like hey, 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 how does it feel you happy motherfuckers like instead of doing it like that just being like oh uh how can i how can my experience strength and hope guide you through you know, like I have some friends that I, I was doing a writing thing last night with a friend of mine and I finally said, girl, you have tunnel vision. I love you, but you have tunnel vision and we need to stop. And she was like, yeah. she, she was like, I don't. And then she texted me. And then finally 10 text messages later, she goes, I'm, I'm really anxious right now. And I was like, I get it. I totally get it. Let's pick it yeah. up tomorrow. Like, so so yeah it's just it's showing up, but like what what are you doing on a daily basis like,
1: like do you pray meditate yeah. what's your
0: what's your jam what's your self care jam
2: I, I i recommend meditation a lot to other people I find that very soothing um the recommending of it and I, find, <laughs> <laughs> I i i the more i'm recommending shit for other people to do, the more uh I probably need to do it. Uh, yeah. I, man, I, it's this. This is a meeting for me today, you know, doing this. Um, yeah. Talking to people is, a, is probably how I get, get right. I mean, I do, I, I have my periods of, of meditating. I, I kind of have these streaks, you know, and then I, it works. It's so good and so effective. So I stop doing it, you know, and then, <laughs> and then, um, but no, man, I, I think that um just trying to do a couple little prayers that I do, um, and and just like I do a lot of trying to say like it's like I used to I really talk myself out of my feelings very often. like it's one thing to be angry or whatever, but it's another like I need to acknowledge that they're happening, like, yeah, you're you're feeling rage, yeah. Don't like Andy. Don't try to talk yourself out of it. Just have it. That's okay. Like uh, it's not a defect to have emotions. You know.
0: That's such it's, a trauma response because in order for trauma yeah. to occur, you have to be you have to be told every step of the way that your feelings are invalid, or inaccurate, um, yeah. that they don't matter. So you, as an adult, go around going, "Am I crazy?" I feel this yeah. way. Like that was that was part of it last night. I had to call I had to call my my dude and say I'm going to tell you a joke and you tell me if it's funny. I told him the joke and he laughed. And I said, "Am I crazy cuz she's not thinking it's funny?" <laughs> and he was like, "No, you're not crazy. I think she's got tunnel vision." And I was like, "Okay, cool. Just making sure. Just making sure before I chew on before I start freaking out. It's like on the littlest things, I have to be like, "If I lost my mind, but uh, it helps, and the people around me are good at answering those questions, so I don't feel like I don't spend that time with the, the traumatized part of myself saying like, "No, no, no, all your feelings are invalid." I f- I feel what yeah. you just said really, really hard, like really hard. Yeah,
2: yeah, I get it. I, now I'm already cut off from it. I, I've gone numb from what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> already, but uh, you know, I mean, it's that. It's a lot of compassion. Like we talk a lot of people's. People are so brutal with themselves about the concept of self-pity. Like when I hear the phrase I was on my pity pot, are you fucking that makes me want to just like murder. How this is the grossest term. And also like self-pity is okay there it's a real thing. Like there's a there's a kind of there's a kind of pity where you don't want out of it, you just want to stay in it. That's destructive and terrible and no fun to listen to. Like, you know, when you're on the other side of that conversation, you're like, this is not going, this is just somebody who just wants to stay in it. The one, I think self-empathy is very, that's a thing I have to do. Like, I actually have to have empathy for myself for being, having pity for myself. (laughs) You know, I have to, I have to have some self-empathy for just my feelings. I mean, like today, I, I have been doing really good. I've been like feeling really like for the first time in my life, I'm fine with being with myself. You know, I'm just, I'm locked. I'm going to be a bachelor the rest of my life. I'm, I'm going to be the weird old guy coming to people's dinner. They're inviting Andy. And like, <laughs> I'm going to be that guy. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm okay with it. You know, I'm going to show up on a motorcycle at 50 to like some of my friend's house who has a family. I am whatever, see, I'm, I'm, I'm tripping. My point is I was relatively okay with my aloneness. And then I go to Whole Foods this morning and there's this girl there that I just had this stupid eighth grade crush on um, before the pandemic and before I moved away. And then she's there and I'm like, God damn it. I can't, like these are insurmountable butterflies. Like people think it's cute, but like when I get that way, I get creepy and I hate it like I can't I can't get past I can't lighten up like there's I can't like joke yeah. through it and I like I want to be like I really want to fuck you and I think you might be my wife <laughs>
1: but but we got to do this small you you, you need to write that on a, a little paper airplane and then throw it to her <laughs> so
2: I am so and I just like I have a whole bit about that like that creepy I wish sometimes there is another category. like people are very conflicted sometimes. It's they they' they're being creepy with you because they're having maybe they're having a strong emotion towards you and they, it makes them uncomfortable. Not just like they' just yeah. chop you up and put you in the trunk kind of creepy, but there's also like I'm really attracted to this person and now I'm going to shut down. And I don't know why that's an uh, like what possible evolutionary purpose could that serve? It's like evolution saying no, you're, you're we're going to take away all your charm and facilities with this person who might be a good reproductive match for you. Fight through it, buddy.
0: I think it might be a trauma response. If I'm honest, yeah. I think it might be an that's attachment good. trauma response. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, because that's I I also when I crush I crush hard and I'm a little like. I'm a, I'm a little intense and so like
2: you think the crushing you think the crushing is the trauma response or you mean the or the the
0: the, the, the huh. style the style of the crushing so like when you're thinking yeah. about the like you know we're a good gen- genetic batch and I think we should make babies and <laughs> grow old together and and they are completely unaware of this this is entirely in your head um but the deep the deep the ability to connect to the the detached concept of that person um, on a really deep level, but then the terror and awkwardness of actually having a real life interaction with that person. I think that's yeah. normal for everybody. However, if you have trauma in your background, it's like the MSG on top and can have a very, uh, very creepifying effect. <laughs> it could be like, yeah. I "Ah," I definitely I've had I've had moments as like as all the stuff's come out about male comics I'm I'm thinking back to myself I'm like if I had moments where I've been a little too intense and creepy and off-putting because women do it too so oh yeah
2: yeah I've been on the other yeah.
0: yeah 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 it's it's true it's very true and I just realized that most of my emotions due to like trauma and grief in my life it just have that much more flavor you know what I mean just a little more salt than the average yeah. amount of crush. You know what I mean? And a little more yeah. roller coaster of the feelings of it. So yeah, I totally get that. I totally get that.
2: Yeah. I don't know how, yeah, how we got it. I feel like Dave's left out. Dave. No, you're good. A- Anna and I are bonding here and I am.
0: We're two traumatized children bonding. We're just
1: like, Hey, eh, you want to go not? No, time? no.
2: Yeah, Dave. I think Dave. I think Dave. Dave might add a little bit of trauma too. I think.
1: No, no. I. I just. <laughs> you both are my friends separately, and I enjoy your company. And we talk all the time. Both of like in terms of me and Anna, and me and you. So sometimes, especially in this moment, I'm just letting my two friends become friends. Aw, yeah. Dave. Because best. that's what my higher power wants me to do. <laughs>
2: yeah either that or either that or you're bored you might be
1: bored I think. what is your relationship with your higher power andy if you have one
2: i definitely have one i don't know what it is i mean i grew up baptist i grew up super f- christian evangelical wow. the the worst one the one that everybody hates and uh and i that's been a lot of my work is teasing apart what the what it's not um yeah. i think that I like to believe that whatever it is, is compassionate and not shaming and not urgent. Um, you know, I like what you said. Like it's um, in terms of not just, not just like the way it was being said, but also in terms of it correctiveness, like whatever my higher power is, is like not super it's corrective, but not shamey. And mm-hmm. uh, see, I fucking told you, dude, you know, mm-hmm. that that's a, that's a different voice. But um, I think it's, it's always changing, as I change. Um, I would really—I—I I, I don't know, man. It's hard. As there, there's certain things like with food and sex and money and stuff. Like I, I have a lot of trouble envisioning my higher power around that stuff and trying to. I don't want a god that watches me have sex. That freaks me out. Like I want God out of my life. You don't want to hug god that would be weird. <laughs> well but it's it is weird like it is <laughs> I have like had a lot of try to do some work around like that that that's like weird it's shame stuff, you know. Let's be honest. We're never going to talk again any of us. Like, this could be goodbye forever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I bonded with you guys and I think it might be time for me to close up shop and run.
1: I got I got some errands to run that don't involve you two. <laughs> I got to go buy paint. Yeah. Yeah. I got yeah. I'm going to go out and buy a can of paint and never come back. Dad went out for a paint. <laughs> never came
0: back. Andy, uh, what's one thing you would tell somebody just like you in the world?
2: You know what? My neighbor used to say this is so cheesy. It's a I had this neighbor we, we were kind of both going through a breakup at the same time and we kind of bonded and she would say if there's a if there's a me out there there's a she out there <laughs> <laughs> so i would tell me and i sometimes am successful at doing that like i would i like who i am now i would date me i really would i'd be a catch i'd be stoked and i'm not being I think I would get on my own, my nerves and be, it would be a rocky relationship, but I, I would tell me that I, I think this is getting serious and I'm interested in pursuing a a, a monogamous relationship with you. That's what I would say to someone like me. I don't know, man. I think that there's a lot of things I I would say. Like I, I think about this sometimes in, in, in meetings, like if I were brand new and I met me, like, what would I think of me? You know, and I kind of don't give a shit because that guy was (laughs) not really crushing it, you know, rehab, emergency room eight times in a year, you know, never having a feeling that without two weeks of whiskey, you know, I mean, and but I do think about like what the little kid, if I met me at eight, like what he would think of me, I do give a shit about that. And I think he'd have mixed feelings. He'd be like, you're a comedian? That's cool. Why, but you're painting houses? You have seven years of grad school. I don't understand. Whatever. Let's let's go fucking ride BMX bikes.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Andy, this episode's been magical. You're a magical human. Did you know Thanks, that? Thanks,
2: guys. Yeah, well, thank you. I'm having trouble receiving that, but I'm going to work on receiving that.
1: Oh, I, I knew that shit. <laughs>
2: This is you guys. I love this podcast. I really think you guys, I mean, you've been doing it for a minute, but I, I, like I said, I think I've sent these questions to a couple people because I think they're just like, it's a, it's been really useful to, to think about because they're not, they're not answerable. I I can name, I can name a bunch of people for you and I, I will, if you want give them our emails like we
1: we from okay. all guests of all walks of life on the 12 Q pod.
2: Well, are you interested in talking to people who are currently in rehab? Because I know a f- I know a few of them. There's a
0: there's a deep cut episode with somebody who like had it's it's a long story, but I was like I yeah. think this person is actively high. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: No, anyway, I'm so grateful to you guys. Thank you. I, this has been really this has really been great.
0: Good. Uh where yeah. can people find you? Find your podcast.
2: Find your album. Uh, my album between haircuts. It's on Spotify and everywhere that they put out albums. Uh, and uh, serious now, and uh, nobody listens to serious. But I like knowing that it's no, they do because they I can, do. I can, you get money. I from can that. see. Yeah, I can see that people are listening. Um, but my podcast is kind of my baby. That's where I put a lot of my my time and effort and it's called wandering the aisles it's uh it's yeah on spotify it's on um itunes all that stuff and i go to i I talk to people it's a it's out it's kind of like this but i'm out walking around because i find people talk a little bit differently when they're walking around eric in a place there's another andy farnsworth if you google me he is a mormon movie reviewer who's, and I will sum up most of his movie reviews, they're like, he's like, I, Deadpool. Uh, it's a great movie, but I, I really wish they didn't use so many cuss words. <laughs> and the same, He has the same name as me, and it's upsetting. So we're on Google. We're
1: kind of fighting it out.
0: Dave, where can people yeah. find you? You
1: can find me on all social media, at Yates Comedy, Y-A-T-E-S Comedy, uh, and you can check out my album. It's called One Long Merch Pitch, uh because I sell hot sauce and you can buy hot sauce, haha <laughs> hot sauce.
0: I love it. And, and what about you? You can find me at Anna V fun on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me at annavalenzuela You can uh, blah, blah, blah find this podcast at Twelve Q Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the things. Uh, please tell your friends about it. Uh, the more followers we have on social media platforms, the closer we get, and more listeners, the closer we get to watching a Patreon. So please. Send this to your friends. Send it to your homies. Send it to your mama. Um, we would really appreciate that. Um, and how we end this podcast every week is Andy. If nobody's told you this today, we love you.
2: Love Bye. you, buddy. Okay, good. I thought you were gonna say the Lord's prayer. Or
0: something. No, no, good, good, um, good, God. No, uh,
2: <laughs> I love you too. I, I'm, I'm, I. Yeah, I love you too, guys. Aww. Don't go. Don't, don't don't go
0: don't leave don't leave dave if nobody has told you this today we love you
1: yay thank you
0: and if you're listening to this and nobody's told you this today we love you thanks guys for listening love
1: y'all thanks for listening take care bye